Soccer Show. We are live tonight at Lenny Boy Brewing Company. Uh, big shout out to Brandon Davis for setting this up for us. Um, we've got a big show tonight. Uh, unfortunately, David Gussler's not here with us. He's not feeling well. He's at home, but he's going to be in the uh, in the live stream uh, comments. So. Uh, you can chat with him there and ask any questions that you have. We'll try to field some of those. Um, we have Corey doing all the production work behind the scenes, so thank you, Corey, for doing that. And I have two very special guests tonight. So I have Vaughn Pullman. Vaughn, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. How the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's been a whirlwind of a day. It feels <laughs> like it's just getting started. This is, the, this is the fun part of the day, getting to talk about everything that's happened. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pumped to be here. Uh, how many podcasts are you on just this week? Three, I think three officially, but who knows? It could end up being seven, eight, I don't know. <laughs> so, so right after this, you're going to um, hang out with our buddies Lee and JT on uh, CLT Fan TV, right? Yep, I've, I've got that, and then uh, MLS Aces tomorrow. Uh, and I'm sure that's going to be a live show on Twitch, so yeah. I think that speaks to a lot of your knowledge and people want you on their, on their podcast so thanks for joining us they, it just means i'm fooling absolutely everyone so it's <laughs> it's great i love it uh you guys are taking it hook line and sinker uh and yeah glad to be here well uh one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you on is because of course the mls super draft was a day we definitely want to get into that but uh before we do that there's tons of other news we have another very special guest at the end of the table here we have Charlotte FC's Chief Fan Officer, Sean McIntosh. Sean, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's been a yeah. while. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. Nice. Um, we haven't seen you since the expansion draft. Um, that night was pretty incredible. You were running around like crazy. You helped us set up the podcast, so thank you for that. Uh, you also helped us uh, help the five people do the uh, ex uh, expansion draft picks. So thanks for that. We're also doing interviews and everything else, but uh, it also seemed like you were able to take some time and hang out with the fans. What was your experience like that night? Yeah, I mean, you you, you pretty much nailed it in, in a nutshell. Um, and, and that was the best part, getting to hang out with the fans. Obviously, you know, working with, with yourself and, and, and a number of other folks from different supporter groups to get to announce that. I know it was special for you, and um, it was special for me. It was awesome to, to get to see how excited you all were to, to get to do that. And, you know, we kept it under lock and key up until, you know, minutes before you, you guys got to do it. So, um, you know, it was a special night. It's a big moment for the club. And we continue to have these massive moments. It feels like every other day, you know, yep. today, another big one for us that we got to check off and 53 days away till March 5th. So, yeah, yeah, yeah um, that night was, was a lot of fun. It seems like ages ago. Yeah, yeah. Seems like ages ago. Yeah, I saw your tweet earlier today. You said kit launch, expansion draft, schedule release, super draft. Yeah. One right after another. It's, it's crazy. Yep. Um, yeah, so also, too, we, we just had the, uh, the chant event uh, where all the supporter groups came out and just fans came out to, to NOTA. Uh, to do that. What was that night like for you? For yeah, that? look, every every event, so uh, we mentioned expansion draft. Our fans showed up incredibly, incredibly well. Uh, you know, that expansion draft, you know, not, not to be biased, but blew out out of the water um, compared to everyone that I've seen. Um, and, and the fans were a big part of that, bringing that energy. It was an awesome, awesome production. We got nothing but high praise from the league, from teams around the league, uh, from people that watched it on television. You know, and then we had kit launch, another incredible event that was fan driven 
Um, you guys showed up, were, were loud, you, you bought your kits. Um, it was an incredible display. And, and then you know, we had an event that was entirely supporter driven uh, this Saturday. And, and that was at Noda Brewing, an opportunity for uh, supporters to meet one another. It was an opportunity for fans that you know, maybe aren't a part of a supporter section that are looking into it to get to meet members um, and then practice and get to start to uh, feel a sense of what the culture is going to be like. It was awesome. Uh, you guys knocked it out of the park. High praise for everybody that put that together behind the scenes. And um, it was a lot of fun. So for me, every single time we have these events, you know, and, and we open the doors to fans, you guys you know, have made me really, really proud. I'm excited. And it only gets me a little bit more antsy for March 5th. And, and you know, that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, are we uh, are we going to try to do more events like that to get bring people? Yeah, together ab to do absolutely. Chances? You know, we we've talked about it. Um, you know, leaders of each supporter group are, are working on a couple other events, and that's going to be really important for us. And you know, that's that's what makes being a part of a supporter group special, right? It's that camaraderie. It's getting together. It's outside of. It's more than just the ninety minutes in a match. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and what I like so so far with the different supporter groups is very collaborative, right? Each group is, is helping each other, promoting each other's events and stuff and like stuff like that. So, it's uh it's been nice to see. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I hope we can have more more events like that. So people that are not part of a sport group can come out, learn the chance to so come game day. We all sound really nice. Yeah, and what I loved about that event too was was you mentioned it. Every supporter group is has been incredibly collaborative to build this culture because this culture uh, when you come out to a, a Charlotte FC match. You know, I, I really think it's going to be representative of a lot of people, and it's going to be it's going to be our culture, and and that's what makes you know I've been here a couple months and I'm seeing it is it's it's a culture of a lot of different things and a lot of people coming together, and I think we're starting to see that as we build this out. And what was really cool about this event was segments of it were led by members of different supporter groups. So you had guys from Mint City that kind of put together a couple chants. You had QC Royals up there, you know, with some of their lead chants. You had uh, the newcomers in the game, Blue Furia, come out there, tons of energy, um, you know, with their flair on it that was representative, I think, of, of what our culture is going to be like, which was really special. Absolutely. Um, if there's any listeners out there, that want to get involved. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes on chants, TIFOs. If you got an idea, you want something that you want to see happen for the Charlotte soccer community, like butting in, but like, please come on, join. Like, it's a really welcoming community, but we've got a lot of work to do still. Uh, and it's not like something that just stops at the start of the season. It's going to be like, this is going to last for years and years and years. So uh, hopefully you can, uh, if you're listening and you're interested in jumping on and uh, rolling up your sleeves and, and contributing to all that, please do. Yeah, we're going to need it. It's going to take an army. Yeah, so. uh, we want to show up well, too. So it, it, it can't be half-assed. Like, you know, we want to whole-ass it. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> I mean, look, Mar March 5th is... I mean, it, we're, we got to do it every match, but that's that's our opportunity to, to show who we are and um, as supporters, put your name out there and um, show up well. So it's it's going to take it's going to take an army. We're getting some questions from our, our live feed, and, and again, this is the first time we're doing live, so bear with us a little bit. So um, so. Can you touch on a little bit on the, the new app launch? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the app is out there. <laughs> it is out there. A um, little bit. 
you know, okay. we, we, we say, yeah, we, we, we didn't have to make a ton of hubaloo about it, but um, look, it's, it's out there. I think it's going to be an awesome piece of technology that helps us enhance our game and match day experience. You know, certainly our fans that purchase tickets, like that's going to be your go-to as a season ticket member to go in there and see and manage your tickets right from the app. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's going to be pretty smooth and you'll, you'll see more and more features getting rolled out through the app. Yeah, it was it was cool today when I looked in the app. I saw my season tickets in there. I'm like, oh, this is this is legit. This is real. Like I have it. It's right here. It's really cool to see. Uh, another question for you. Um, so, any comment on scarves only being available in the physical team store, with no possibility of shipping for us supporters that live maybe outside of the immediate Charlotte area? Yeah. So, so right now it is uh, an exclusive uh, for the for the team store, and, and there's a couple reasons why. Uh, but look, that doesn't mean that'll be the case forever. And so certainly welcoming the feedback, working with our partners and fanatics and the team store to, to try and um, you know, make some changes if we can. But yeah, right now it, it is a team store exclusive. You know, and, and unfortunately, sometimes you're gonna have things like that that are just exclusives or that you can only get at a particular match, right? And so um, look, we've, we've got a powerful community of fans and supporters. So please, if there's something that you want, like connect with somebody like I know I talked to people at the event that had buddies go down and pick them up a scarf you know and that's the beauty about this community yeah any anybody that's listening like if you need me to go down and get get you on I can go get it and pay me back whatever pay me in beer whatever you want to do uh, that's that's perfectly fine but yeah you're right like you know have someone go down and get it for you yeah um, I don't know if you can see actually on the video feed we actually have the new or the newest scarf here uh, which is really, really nice. I've got to get one. Uh, I've told myself I can't get all 12, and my wife told me I can't get all 12, but I think I, I definitely have to get this first one for sure. It's, it's nice. nice. Yeah. A lot of crowns. That's what we're about. I can just walk off with this one, right? <laughs> I haven't made it down to the store yet. So. You might have to fight Brandon for that one. That, that, that one's his. Um, I don't know if you can give any updates on this. Uh, people were asking about... Uh, preseason training camps yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I, I can't go into like 100% details but I can say like rest assured there's going to be a couple matches here in the Carolinas mid-February stay tuned um, there will they will be open to fans there will be tickets on sale um, we're working with those partners on finalizing all of the details so um, stay tuned there will be opportunities for for folks to see charlotte fc in preseason okay um, so hang tight all right very nice well let's talk about a game that is on the books the very first match yes away to dc united uh we're getting a lot of questions about um uh, away day uh, away day game tickets how can you get them do i have to be a supporter to get them can you take us through a little bit about you know how people can get tickets and or the best way to get tickets yeah so tickets are available for fans not just supporters but for fans um, that are interested in making it out to the dc match february 26th so um, look this is the beauty about working um, and being a part of a supporters group is that you're going to have first access so um, you guys know this like there are opportunities right now if you go to mint city collective's website They've done a really great job of putting together a couple packages, tailgate packages, <laughs> travel packages, um, and then we will have, look, there's a, there's a link that you can request if you're only interested in the tickets out there. So if you're a member of any supporter group or not, just reach out to any of those groups. They all That's have right. that link. They're, they're happy to share it. 
Um, but Min City's done a great job of putting together a couple travel and tailgate packages. If you're just interested in the tickets, reach out to literally anybody. Reach out to me. Happy to share that link. Um, look, it's going to be a block with our supporters. Um, so if you're interested in sitting um, as far away as possible uh, from these schmucks, then, uh, then you're just going to have to wait for tickets to go on sale. DC United has not released their single game tickets yet, so just be on the lookout for that. But if you want to sit with us, um, then just hang tight or reach out to uh, any one of us. Yeah, and just to kind of give you an idea, uh, my wife and I, uh, we went through Mint City, of course. Um, so, But we just got the, the game day and tailgate tickets because... You know, we had points, so we were able to book our hotel. Uh, we're actually going to go up Thursday, do some sightseeing Friday, go to the game Saturday. So there's definitely different options, like you were saying. Go to the website. And if you have any questions, reach out to the podcast. You can reach out to me on Twitter or message me, and I can guide you in the right direction. So we hope you come out. Um, but for most away games, where do where do the supporters sit? Where 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 were we sit? Yes, yeah, similarly structured. Look again, um, the benefit of being a, a member of a supporter group is that you're going to have first access and you'll have this information. But you know, working with all of our supporters, we will have blocks. We will be sitting in designated sections, um, you know, as guided by that club, um, and we'll have options. So. You know, Atlanta, I know you guys have a ticket package already put out for Atlanta. For people that are interested in just the tickets, reach out. Um, but, you know, we will have something similarly set up, working on the club front uh, to see if we can aggregate some of that information and put it on a website so that you can visit our site if you're interested in away games that we are traveling to. You'll be able to see that. Um, but for now, I would highly recommend just taking a look at Mint City's website because they do have not only the D.C. match, but they've got that first Atlanta match as well up there. So yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, we just we just got that up on the site. I do think Shopify is down at the moment, so there might be an uh, an issue um, getting getting to that link. But yeah, we just put the Atlanta game on the website. Uh, we're going to rent a bus. Um, it is limited seating, so if you're going to pull the trigger, I would do it. I would do it right now. Uh, I think it's only like 55 seats. I think we're only doing one bus, so if you want to ride the bus, I would buy the tickets, like, right now. Um, so just uh, just putting that out there. Um, okay. Uh, somebody, uh, they want us to model the scarf. Vaughn, do you want to model? Like you think, no, no, this, this, is, this is all him. I'll walk away with this thing. You, you got we don't have the Charlotte FC logo on you right now. Incredible artwork. It is very nice. There you go. We're going to raffle this off to a one lucky fan. Nobody here knew that that was the deal tonight. Sorry, Brandon. I'm putting this back on the table. I don't want to mess up your beautiful display. All right. So we have two more things, and I know everybody's waiting for the, you know, super draft uh information but um so let's talk about our our most recent signing uh and i'm gonna throw this over to vaughn we just acquired somebody from uh inner miami do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah christian mccoon brought in um traded for the top spot in the allocation list ranking which uh i think is really really savvy business and i know we'll talk about it a little bit um, but what are we getting with Christian McCoon? Um, he's going to be a starter level center back for us, a left sided center back. 
Uh, he played uh, over 2,000 minutes for Enter Miami last year. Uh, really started coming into his own. Uh, he's, he's a uh, Venezuelan international, but he has his green card, which is fantastic. So he's not going to take up any international roster spots for us. Um, but he has a really high ceiling. He was a captain for the Venezuelan U23 side. Uh, and recently in World Cup qualifying, he was called up to the Venezuelan national team. I don't think he made an appearance for them. Um, but that's the type of profile player we're getting is somebody that's getting national team looks uh, for a club that has a real shot at making it to the World Cup. So he, also his profile uh, as on the global transfer market should rise if he can continue on that trajectory. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I was trying to like equate what the uh, what that allocation uh, list ranking pick is right like ahead of the trade there, there were the rumors swirling and I was like okay for a young starting center back in MLS you're looking at probably like at least seven hundred fifty thousand dollars of allocation money for to get a starter like 750 to a million uh, for example Nashville just traded away Alistair Johnston for one million dollars of allocation money so to get a starter on your back line uh, that's kind of what the going rate is. And that allocation spot, it... Explain, explain that a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah, I, I, you're right. I should explain that. So the allocation list is basically a list of 48 players. Uh, currently, it's 48 players that are either U.S. men's national team guys, uh, elite U.S. youth national team guys, uh, or players who have played in MLS and were transferred out of the league for more than $500,000, right? So the league basically then assigns those players where if they wanted to come into MLS, they would have to go through the allocation ranking list. Um, so uh, Charlotte, as an expansion team, got the top spot in that list. And that resets every year, right? It, it's inverse of the rankings. Um, so the benefit to Charlotte is you either can have first dibs on one of those guys that's on that list, or you can trade that as an asset, uh, which is what they ultimately did, um, and, and get something in return, either a player, allocation money, international spots, whatever. Um, so I, I think it was really savvy in that I think it was an overvaluation of that pick and an undervaluation of Christian McCoon. Yeah, what it, yeah, I was trying, trying to figure out like why Miami made that decision. They're offloading a ton of players, one, right? Because um, they don't seem to understand the, the rules <laughs> apparently. But you think that they have somebody identified that they want as that number one? Do you think maybe somebody's coming back to the league or like? I, I, what, I don't what do you think? think so. No, I, I think Inter Miami. If they had something lined up, they would have already used the spot. Um, it's possible they do, that they're trying to get something across the finish line, but usually when that spot is traded for, it's used right away. Um, what I think they're ultimately doing is they're gonna hold that spot ransom for a very large sum of allocation money, and I guess more allocation money than they thought they could have gotten for Christian McCoon. Um, so, so when any of the other 27 teams in the league wants to get a guy on that list, um, they're going to have to go through Inter Miami mm -hmm. to get that pick. And, and so, for example, it's been rumored that Orlando's looking at bringing back uh, Yoshi Yotun. Um, so if Orlando wants to secure 
Yoshi Yatoon's contract and bring him back into MLS, they now would have to make a trade in addition to that with Inter-Miami for that top spot. Um, and, and if they know that, if Inter-Miami knows that that deal is imminent, um, there's a lot of value to that pick. Um, so yeah, ultimately I think that's the play for Miami because they're in a really tough spot. Uh, you, you alluded to it, but they have current sanctions against, against them for uh, some past uh, mismanagement in, in building their roster and having a few too many designated players. Uh, Bobby. So, so right now, what are they doing? They, they're clearing the books. They're getting all of their dollars off the books. Christian McCoon, I think he's on a pretty friendly contract. I think he's like $200,000, uh, something like that. I'd have to look back at it. Uh, but he, he's on a pretty good contract in term for Charlotte. Um, but ultimately, Miami's in a spot where they have to acquire more allocation money, get a lot of those larger contracts off the books, really reduce their roster spend for at least this next season. Uh, and ultimately, Charlotte's benefiting from that. Yeah, I know it's hard to top that, Sean, but what did, what did, what did you think about the move? When did you find out about it? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, he mentioned it, Vaughn mentioned it really, really well. Look, anytime you know you're going to get a, an, an asset that you're high on versus risking not, and you, you pull the trigger. I mean, so um, look, our technical team was pretty high on him and didn't think that having that, that top spot was gonna ultimately produce something this year. And he, I think the important note is um, that it resets. So you, you've, gotta, you've gotta use that top spot within a relatively short window. And you know, we don't have a, a long window before our season starts and we've got, we've got some roster spots to fill, so. Well, and also just to looking at the allocation ranking list, you're like, man, there's really good players on there. Why didn't Charlotte go get that guy? Um, there's 48 players on that list. Realistically, there's like maybe 20 to 24 of those yeah, guys. You got guys like Christian Pulisic yeah, yeah. on the on the list that just they're yeah. not coming to the league. Or you right got now. guys that just left the league. They're they're yep. not coming back. Um, so, so the scouting team has to decide that from those 24 ish players that are left over that they value those players more greatly than anyone else on the global transfer market. And also they have to utilize that other asset, the top spot in the, in the allocation list. So I think it was really smart in that they took a free asset given to the team from the league and turned it into a starting caliber center back. Yeah, and that's assuming that those players want to come to that club, right? Yes. So it's like you can have that top pick. Uh, that doesn't mean you're getting that player. It's it's ultimately a, a game of assets, and we were able to turn it into a player that we think pretty fondly of. All right. Well, let's move to the next topic. Uh, we had kind of some, not breaking news, but uh, we're going to talk about Riley McGree. Um, he might be leaving us. Pretty sure he's leaving us. Um, just saw a tweet, though, that uh, maybe some – Negotiations have broken down. Again, all speculating. But uh, what I want to talk about, you know, when I when I first saw the news, I was I was angry. That's the fan in me. That's the uh, romantic in me, uh, because he was one of our. I think he was our third signing, maybe. Um, and if, I feel like he's been around with the team forever, even though he's never played with us. So again, that's kind of like the romantic in me. I want to see him play. I was really excited. So him not even getting that chance was upsetting. But when you look at the numbers, when you look at the money, I'm sure you know, it, who's coming in for him supposedly, that's a big, big club, right? Um, I'm sure he would like to play at, at Celtic. So 
I, I, I can see both sides of it. And, and also, too, it's like, you know, what can you do with that money now? You know, do you go sign a, a, a big DP or do you take that money and buy multiple players with it to build depth? Because, like, you know, let's face it, during the season you're going to have injuries. With things going right now, you might be out with COVID or a couple of players might be out with COVID. So you need to build depth, especially if you're going to make a playoff run or you get into the playoffs and you need that depth. So after I thought about it a little bit, I, I feel a little bit better about it. Still wanting to play, but um, Vaughn, what did, what did you think about it? Well, what you said about, you know, it's going to depend on what we get in return down the road. Obviously, we still got to see what the numbers shake out to be. Um, but if the numbers that have been rumored are true, uh, which are three million pounds up front uh, and up to one to two million pounds uh, based on his performance outside of, of wherever he ends up going to. Uh, now, obviously, deals fell through. So I, I don't know if that those are the numbers that are ultimately going to happen. Um, but if those were the numbers, three million pounds, that's like four million dollars up front. And the the t- added would be like 1.3 to 2.7 million so those are numbers in line with what edward atuesta just left lafc for and went to palmeras edward atuesta was mls best 11 as a midfielder um to, to charlotte for charlotte to even have an offer in that ballpark out of the gate for a guy that we haven't even had a practice yeah. he, he hasn't flown he hasn't in Hasn't hasn't worn the kit. I I don't know if he he doesn't even have this scarf yet. Like, you know, he's got to come. Team Yeah, yeah. Are you guys gonna write that in the contract? He's got to send it back uh, if he's got it. Um, those those numbers are absolutely insane. Um, and, and the thing that I I've been thinking about that has kind of dawned on me is also, uh. Charlotte and and all these MLS teams, but Charlotte in particular is trying to build a brand. And I'm sure you can speak to this as well, Sean. Um, MLS is trying to change its perception as a selling league. Uh, And to be able to have uh, guys that have the Charlotte FC name and brand tethered to them and that then can perform well overseas, whether it's Sergio in, uh, you know, uh, La Liga 2 or it's... uh, this wonderful spell for McGree at Birmingham and now being linked to Celtic. Like now Charlotte FC is going to be in the mix in the conversation of like, Hey, that's a team that we should look at. They, they scout well, they develop players. Well, like that's the whole perception about FC Dallas. Like from this um, is, is again, right now it's, it's all speculative, but anytime you can be linked to clubs like Celtic, you think about how often our name and our brand has been in the media these past few days. And again, side by side with massive global brands and clubs that have been around for 100 plus years, uh, that's a plus. It's a testament to our scouting team, which again, you, you, want, you want that respect. It's, it, this, is a, this is a global league. And when you can insert yourself in that transfer market, fantastic fantastic for 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 the business side of it fantastic obviously for the future so a lot of times those returns and that instant gratification is is, it may not be seen right away but when we can insert ourselves especially as an expansion team that's yet to step foot on a pitch and and you see us linked and in conversations with other clubs that starts open doors in the future um, to gain a little bit more respect um, so I, I think uh, for, for the way I look at it, taking off any hat and thinking about it as a fan is like you want that respect and you want to be able to be seen as a player in the transfer market. And that's where this league has changed for the better. 
Right? Like you have to know who you are yeah. as a league, and I think that's what we're seeing is a really uh, a league that's now getting a lot more respect for the business savvy ability yeah. to scout, recruit, and all of that leads to, and that doesn't mean the league has to be that forever, but that's how you take those steps forward, and that's what we've been able to see um, because we are gaining a lot more respect globally. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Vaughn and I talked about this before the podcast, like our top players are always going to get, you know, offers or poached or being transfer rumors and everything like that. And that's a that's a good thing because, you know, you were just saying, like we're, we've kind of moved away from like this graveyard league to a selling league. And I think that's that's fantastic. Um, well, and, and I'll, I'll touch on it too. And I, I may even piss some people off with this, but I also was already concerned about, and especially if he still makes it to the team, I had some concerns about Riley's minutes on the field as well. Um, because really when I look at the guys we've brought in, the international spots we've used up, uh, I felt in the pecking order, somebody was going to be the odd man out between Sergio, Alcivar, Franco, Franco and Magri. Uh, somebody was going to have to not be on the field at some point in time if we are going out there in a 4-3-3. And we're also bringing in guys like Hegart. We're, we're bringing in Ben Bender. Um, You've you got to find minutes for all of these guys. Uh, and, and so you've got a player like McGree. Uh, he's definitely our best attacking option uh, for the midfielders. Um, but if ultimately he ends up being the odd man out, not making it onto the field, uh, that wouldn't have been good. And if he was on the field, I felt that a higher level midfielder might have been being forced off the pitch. Um, and so there would have been some con- congestion. Now, like you said, you want to have depth. You want to have layers to your team. You want to be able to have player rotations. You can't have every single guy play 3,000 minutes. Um, but you also have to find that balance. And, and I had some concerns about that with Riley. All right. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point. And, and and look, too, we were talking about this before. Um, you know, the team is going to do something at some point that we do not like. I'm going to get mad at them at some point for selling someone, hiring someone that I don't like. Um, that's just the nature of it. Um, so, again, with this, you know, I, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens with the money. Uh, and we'll see if this deal actually goes through first. Um, and if it does, let's, you know, we'll see what they do with the money. But, uh, you know, for the, for the people out there, and I, I, I saw someone comment about Luis Suarez. I don't want him here, but, you know, let's say for the sake of argument, you want someone like they here. You have to make deals like this, right, to, to, to get money to, to go get someone like that. It makes it easier on the balance sheet. Right. <laughs> I don't want that to happen, so let's, uh, let's not do that. Um, but anyway, um, the only other bit of information before we get to the Super Draft is uh, I have a, a tad bit of info on the reality show. Uh, and I have to admit, I have completely forgotten about this. Uh, with everything going on, like it's just, I haven't thought about it. Um, so I believe they're going to start filming in, let me check my notes, I think it's uh, April, or, April, May. I do not have an exact date yet. I'll try to get us one. Uh, right now, what they are trying to work on is where the show's going to be placed, you know, like on Netflix or Amazon Prime or, or Fox like that. Um, as soon as I have something, I'll give it to you guys. So, yeah. Unless, Sean, you have any info. I mean, that's the thing is, is until you, you're, you're able to strike a deal with, um, you know, the platform that it's going to be aired on, there's just... There's very little details that, that I can share, so 
Um, that's the biggest piece of it. Will Luis Suarez be a contestant on the show? <laughs> I, I, I how how many that. people will he bite on the show? Given for uh, you know, given given what he did to uh, to my my countrymen. Uh, Kilini, I, I hope to never be in, in the same room as uh, Luis Suarez. Uh, and to back up just a little bit, I, I am seeing that I guess Middles, Middlesbrough is, is coming in maybe for Riley to maybe put a bin in. Who knows? It's a uh, silly season, transfer talk. We'll see how that works. Transfer talk is fun, right? Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on to the main event. Let's talk about the Super Draft. Vaughn, I'm going to throw it over to you because this is, this is your thing. Yeah, you're maybe. the expert, Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. you, you know better uh, than you know, Pressure's on. Charlotte FC had the first pick because uh, we're the expansion team. Uh, Vaughn, do you want to announce like who it was? And Yeah, with the first overall pick in the 2002 MLS Super Draft, Charlotte FC selected Ben Bender, midfielder. Uh, Killed it. From yeah. Get off the bat, yeah, yeah, yeah. got that going for him. I know. Well, yeah, yeah the, people were talking about the alliteration for Ben, ben Bender and what was it, Kip Keller? Like, oh yeah, yeah. What, what are these names? It's unreal. Um, but yeah, Ben Bender steps in, um, midfielder uh, coming out of Maryland. Uh, he was a U.S. soccer coach's uh, All-American. Uh, had seven goals, five assists in yep. his sophomore season. He's coming right. over. I, I think he's 20 years old right now will be 21 uh, when the season kicks off. Um, and, and, yeah, he was a uh, semifinalist for the Mac Herman Trophy, which is the trophy for the top player in college soccer. Uh, and, and the kind of notes on him is, is that he's a very athletic and versatile box-to-box midfielder. Um, what, what we're getting is a guy uh, that is left-footed but good with both feet. He's able to play well on the turn. He's able to be quick in his decision-making, his one-touch passing. Um, good at late runs into the box. Uh, you know, we're talking about Riley McGree being the midfielder that's leaving. That was our best attacking option. Uh, ben Bender now steps in as really the guy that probably has the most uh, ability going forward and getting involved in the box. Um, he, he's shown an ability to take shots from outside of the box. So shot creation is, is a big thing for him. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think we're getting a really good profile player. Um, but it's also the super draft, right? You're, you're trying to see... Uh, it, can this guy step in immediately and play? Uh, if you look at past first overall picks, uh, if it's Daniel Pereira from Austin, for Austin um, or, or Robbie Robinson, uh, who was selected out of Clemson and he went to Inter-Miami, these guys, when they're healthy, are, are going to be like getting close to 1,500 minutes, playing, playing half the time. If you can get 1,000 to 1,500 minutes from your number one pick, you're doing pretty well. Um, and, and, and value in the draft, right? Like talking about what you can get, that's going to be the big thing determined down the road is uh, I mentioned Alistair Johnson earlier. Like he's a guy who was taken, I think, 11th overall by Nashville, and they were able to trade him after he had, you know, 40-plus starts for the team for a million dollars of allocation money. You turned that pick, the 11th overall, into a million dollars of allocation money and had a starter for several years. That's pretty good return. Um, but there's also going to be guys that are in the draft that don't turn into anything. They don't contribute to the first team. They don't make it at the end of the day. Um, but I think Ben Bender is going to be one of those guys, uh, obviously one of the top talents in the draft. Obviously, he, he is going to fit the game model or else they wouldn't have selected him. Uh, and that's the benefit of also selecting first overall is you get to pick to suit. 
Um, and, and I think that's going to be something that we're going to see in Ben Bender is that, yeah, he may not have been the guy that a lot of the pundits were talking about ahead of the draft. Um, I think once word started kind of leaking out and the club started letting people know, hey, this is the way we're leaning, there was more attention brought to Ben Bender. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I think the narrative on him is that he's a guy that can step in, is a good depth piece, and we should look to try and see 1,000 to 1,500 minutes from him. Um, and, and we'll see where that leads. Uh, he's coming from a great school. Like, in, in terms of programs, uh, I think that's another thing that we should keep an eye on. Um, obviously, the Carolinas have a lot of really, really strong uh, soccer programs. Uh, Clemson. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So speaking of guys that have come from Maryland, uh, Graham Zusi and Eric Williamson, they stand out as midfielders that have done very well out of Maryland's program. Um, and then other guys that are currently in the league or, or have been in the league recently, there's Zach Steffen, Omar Gonzalez, Donovan Pines, Dane St. Clair, Chase Gasper, like um, Sasha Sorovsky, who's the head coach there. He's been there since like 93, I think. Um, he's won three titles uh, at, at Maryland. He's really good at developing pro talent, uh, including guys that have had minutes on the U.S. men's national team. Uh, higher profile back in the day, you've got guys like Taylor Twelman, Marisa Du. Like these are national team guys and, and people that have had success in Major League Soccer. Uh, so if you ha and this is also the second time that Maryland's had a first overall pick um, coming out of their program. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm really excited for Ben Bender to step in because I, I, everything that's laying out, like the metrics of it, are good. And, and hopefully he can step in and be a contributor to the depth in that midfield for us. So this draft was very defender heavy. Let's, let's put your uh, director hat on. Would you have picked Ben as your first pick or would you have gone a different direction? It's a multifaceted question and answer here at all Let's right? hear all so <laughs> i think a lot of the decision making to go midfield here was dictated by some of the other moving pieces that we've got going on uh obviously uh we did not have christian mccoon early this week so were we looking at a defender kip keller had been rumored to be coming to us uh so if that was the number one pick would have made a lot of sense to get that other body on the defensive line uh but we've gone midfield well a week ago there weren't the rumors about Riley McGree, so what would have been the reason to go and get another midfielder if you've got already some congestion in the midfield? Granted, you're trying to look for a guy for the future, but I think at the number one pick, you can also find a guy that can contribute minutes in that first season. Um, I think on paper, the biggest need is still on the front line. I think we can all agree on that. They're, we're still thin on that front line. Um, and so I thought we were going to go forward, um, and the best forward, in my opinion, that was on the board uh, was Useni Buda, um, and he, he ultimately went, uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember what pick he went um, today, but he would have required an international spot. I thought with Riley leaving and opening up that international spot, there was maybe a possibility of us going that route, um, but obviously the team didn't. Um, eighth. Eighth, yeah, yep. but, but his profile, he was one of the most MLS-ready players coming out of the draft yeah. and probably could have had some serious contributions. And I was talking about Alistair Johnston, right, and, and his, him coming in uh, and, and being a lot of value. The other value that has come out of the draft lately is guys like Daryl DK, who is going yeah. and be, being selected fifth overall. Yeah. And now, two years later, after a, a very successful loan uh, it, it, to Barnsley, is now being sold for $9.5 million to West Brom. Uh, right. 
that that's what yeah. is still out there is there's teams that are finding value in players not only within MLS but also on the global transfer market um, there are those diamonds in the rough uh, and and that was maybe the interesting thing about this draft is I don't think that there was one guy that was being talked about or a couple guys being talked about as like the must grabs the sure bets um, and, and and I think uh, that made it maybe a little bit more challenging on the scouting department uh, I, I say challenging it may not have been right they if they're trying to find that guy to suit um, that may be the better fit and and you don't draw into question you know why did Daryl DK go fifth overall right like enter Miami who's in this terrible financial spot right now they selected Robbie Robinson first overall all yeah. they had to do was not pick him. I think they actually also had the number four pick in that draft. Mm. Like, they skipped over Daryl DK twice. And and now Daryl DK is being sold for $9.5 million. That would have resolved a lot of the cash flow problems that Inter-Miami's got. Um, so Miami needs to hire you, maybe. Uh, you know, uh, I don't like the Florida heat. It's really <laughs> sticky. Uh, I don't, it's not for me. I, I, I haven't done Miami. Uh, COVID's really rampant down there. I... <laughs> It's, no, not for me, man. So, so Sean, what what about you? When did when did you find out about the pick? Like, you know, you have an interesting role too. So, like, you work a lot closely with the team, but also you're kind of with the fans too. Yep, when, yep. Did, when did you when did you yeah. find out? So, there's a lot of uh, moving pieces, right? And you, mm-hmm. you can't. It's hard to. And I know as as fans, um, we want to judge everything in the moment. And, oh yeah. And, oh, and yeah. it's fun. Like, absolutely, do it, assess it, talk about it. This stuff is great. Um, but until all the pieces are in there, it's really hard to judge those moves. And obviously, um, Zoran and Miguel and, and their team are working tirelessly. And there's a lot of pieces um, that, you know, it, it, things um, things are happening. And we know we've, we've got a lot of pieces on our roster that we've, we've, we've got to solidify. And so, you know, they felt good about the versatility that Bender brings in that midfield, and and they felt that he was he was the one that was going to make an impact, um, and and you know they feel good about the players that they want to bring in in that front three. So, you know, again, un- until everything is kind of finalized, it's really hard because once you see it, then it makes sense. You know, you see the players that we bring in, you can look at that roster, and you can say, yeah, it makes sense to bring in a player like Bender versus you know, anybody else. So. You know, it's it's kind of hard, and, and even players that that I hear, um, nothing's final until it's final, and that's that's the challenge with this, right? Like we're talking about rumors, and you know, some of it changes. Like you literally, we're talking about Celtic, and then it's like, oh look, here's here's another player. So, um, yeah, and and that's and that's and that's the challenge. This, uh, yeah, honestly, Zoran's in the most difficult position in the world. I said it before this podcast started. I don't think there's a more difficult GM position in the world than being a GM of a major league soccer franchise, particularly well, being one an expansion one, yeah. franchise, right? Like, there's so many, there's so many pieces, and everything moves. I mean, we had our expansion draft, and again, you're 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 in the midst of having conversations globally, you know, on the transfer market and who you're going to bring in. And those conversations may be going really well. You feel great about it, but you now have to make a decision in the moment in a draft, an expansion draft, or super draft, um, based on what you think may or may not happen. And so, you know, it's he's they've got a lot of work to do, but um, they've shown you know really early on to make some really savvy decisions that you know have benefited us both both um, financially, you know, and, and obviously with some players that look they're being talked about globally. So. 
Yeah. Well, and also, I'm just touching on that, I think also looking at the team's roster build so far, I feel like we're not anywhere close to making some of the mismanagement things that have happened in other expansion markets, right? Like Cincinnati and Minnesota had to completely start from scratch and rebuild, and obviously Inter-Miami is now. Like, those are three failed expansion builds. Uh, but then you've got markets like LAFC, Atlanta, Nashville. Like, those are teams that did a lot of things right in their structure and, and from the foundation. And, and looking, you know, we have to assess what is there. Right now, the things that are in place, things are looking good. Like, this is not a squad with the spine that we built that's going to be conceding 70 goals. There's no way. Regardless, regardless of how great a technical director is, they're going to miss on players. Um, I think the thing you have to look at, especially early on and for an expansion team, is um, will those misses cripple you long term? Exactly. You know, and, and I don't think we've 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 made any moves that you can look at and, and, and say, man, if that one doesn't work out, we're hurting for a while. Well, and also cash structure wise, right? Like you yep. can look at the roster and we're not tight on anything. Right. We're, we're talking about the allocation money. Like there is plenty that's still there that has not been spent yet by the team. And we, we can track that. There, there's, there should be more than enough left in the coffers of allocation money. Um, and, and then there's still discretionary TAM, which is a whole other yep. thing that by the looks of it, I don't think we've tapped into yet. Uh, the, the DPs, we still have flexibility to get t DPs. We still have flexibility to get U22 players. We have open international spots. We're working on securing green cards. Like, it, I think the layering that is going on that is really obvious to see all is good and is pointing in the right direction, that the team's doing some really good work behind the scenes. And we're already seeing these deals that we're looking at and are like, man, that's really savvy. Um, th those are good things that not every MLS franchise is successful at doing, and many never, never do it. Yeah. Uh, so let's take a look at the rest of the uh, the first round. Was there anything, there was one thing to me that's, that stood out that I was kind of scratching my head about, um, but I'll ask you, was there anything in the first round that you thought was interesting, odd, cool, great, what? Uh, I mean, one thing we didn't touch on that, that is a really big benefit to selecting Bender is that he's a generation Adidas player. There were like eight generation Adidas players in this year's class. That That's a pretty high number um, compared to some other seasons. Uh, and, and for those of you that don't know, the benefit of selecting a generation Adidas player uh, is that that player has already signed a contract with the league. Um, and that contract is essentially subsidized uh, by Adidas. <laughs> it's, it's the league and Adidas. Um, and there's a program that's been in place. It used to be with Nike called Project 40, uh, and then it got turned into uh, Generation Adidas. Uh, but any of the Generation Adidas players, they are placed on our supplemental roster, uh, which is basically slots 21 through 30 on the roster. And the benefit of having guys there is that they don't count against the salary cap for the length of their Generation Adidas contract, which is typically up to three seasons. Um, so that means that Ben Bender, regardless of how he performs, whether he's a bust, whether he's fantastic, whether he ends up being a star, whatever, on our salary cap, he will count $0 against our salary cap for the first three seasons. Um, so there is substantial value in selecting a Generation Adidas player, and that's actually the reason that a Generation Adidas player has been selected every single year, first overall, for the last 20 drafts. The, the, Which goes back to the point, you know, when, if you're going to miss on a player, 
how much of a negative impact is that going to have on your club? And, and you know, you, you have eloquently pointed out the benefits of drafting a player, you know, under one of these deals, which which makes sense. And just a fun nugget, the, the last guy that was not Generation Adidas was selected uh, is Chris Gabandi back in 2002 by the Dallas Burn ahead of Taylor Twelman. So, so they took Chris Gabandi over Taylor Twelman. Pretty big miss there. Yeah. Uh, and, and the funny thing is also that pick that Dallas used, they, they acquired that pick in the dispersal draft from the Tampa Bay Mutiny. So it was Tampa Bay Mutiny shutting up shop and in the dispersal draft, rather than selecting a player, they selected Miami's first-round draft pick, which was the first overall pick. Uh, and, yeah, took, took Chris Gabandi. So just a fun little nugget uh, from my digging that I thought was fun. Let, let me ask you this. So one of the things that stuck out to me, we, we talked about Cincinnati earlier. Um, they had the second pick. They go goalkeeper. And I was kind of scratching my head. Again, this is a very heavy defender draft. A lot of good players there. And you go goalkeeper. I I feel like that's that, that wasn't a good choice. What, what do you think, Sean? I mean, or, when, oh, Sean oh, my gosh. Did that la- did that last time. It's okay, Mitt. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Cincinnati uh, has problems uh, throughout their roster. Like I said, they've had some issues in how they've built out their roster. They've had a little bit of a revolving door of players. They've had a revolving door of people in the front offices. Um, and so that's been a challenge for them in their roster build. So they're having to address areas of need. Uh, one thing that Charlotte has actually been, uh, people have been a little critical about, is that we're going very heavy on internationals. Uh, and, and specifically at goalkeeper, which traditionally within MLS, you don't need to necessarily go international to find a good quality MLS starter at goalkeeper, right? Um, Cincinnati has gone very heavy on international starting goalkeepers in Shemeslav Teton and in Kenneth Vermeer. Uh, and, and those really were kind of swings and misses for them. So the benefit of going with a goalkeeper second overall is, like I just said, you get a generation Adidas guy in Celentano who is going to not counting as your cap for three seasons, something that they desperately needed for Cincinnati. Um, and if you hit on that, uh, there, there are a lot of guys that, uh, whether they're homegrown or they're generation Adidas, uh, that if you find that guy a goalkeeper and he can be a long-term fit for you, can really help you structure the rest of your roster, such as Andre Blake in Philadelphia. Uh, you can find those guys that stick and are there forever. A Bill Hamid in, in D.C. Uh, th- there are other examples. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it's <laughs> for Cincinnati, they're having to pick him, I think, to correct one of their many problems they've got. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a pretty, pretty silly pick. But um, was there anything else in the first round that stood out to you at all or anything interesting? No, I, I think that it was, uh, you know, the big thing was the generation Adidas guys. There were a lot of trades going on. I think there were a couple uh, impressive trades. I think there were a few that involved like upwards of 100,000 of GAM, as low as like the 11th or 12th pick. Um, that That's not typical um, that late in the draft. Uh, and, and also, you know, talking about the value of the draft, value of these picks, value, 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 value. That's what you're looking for in the draft. There's other teams that it's not part of their ethos. It's not part of their philosophy. Philadelphia has not selected a player in the super draft in three years. Like they, they have acquired additional allocation money by trading away 
all of their picks, getting rid of them and using those assets elsewhere. Uh, they, they just feel that they can trust their scouting department and get guys that, that fit their profile better than stashing a, a, a lot of guys uh, you know, from, from the Super Draft. Or you build up your academy, and instead of going and looking in college for guys that are 20, 21, 22, you're getting guys that you are developing in your academy and your style and everything that also don't cost you anything. You're not competing against other people. And they're 16, 17, 18, 19. By the time they hit 21, 22, they're being sold to Europe. Uh, and, and so it's a total different philosophy, different mold, different build. Um, and, and we'll have to see long term. And it can change, right? It can change not only for the team and what they want to do. It, it can change from one GM to the next, from one president to the next. Uh, the, the MLS teams, any franchise in sports, they're living organisms, right? <laughs> like, like they're going to be around way longer than any people um, in, in terms of if they're a 30 to 40 year organization. Um, so yeah, the, initially the, the things that we're seeing uh, that from this draft is you see the teams that are valuing the draft still, there are those diamonds in the rough uh, and, and hopefully some of these teams hit on them. Nice. Um, so Charlotte did make two more picks. Do you want to you talk about those? Yeah, I, I can't claim to know a whole lot about them, but I do know that they came out of the Carolinas. Uh, I was talking about some of the really strong programs that are in the Carolinas. Uh, Clemson, obviously, is national champion right now. Uh, Bobby Belair, we were talking with him a little bit about that. Uh, so, so we did get a Clemson guy in the third round, uh, goalkeeper, um, who, who was a starter for them in the national championship game. And, and I uh, believe he had eight shutouts this year from what I was researching real quickly. Um, but probably the bigger guy that, that, that is more likely to see uh, more minutes for us, we're talking about our, our, how thin we are on the front line, uh, is Kyle Holcomb, who's a uh, forward coming out of Wake Forest, another really strong program in the Carolinas. Uh, and another program, that, I mean, really both programs have had a lot of MLS talent come out of there. Um, so something very, very cool to see is, is that we're tapping into those, uh, in, into those places, kind of like uh, Michael Jordan going with UNC and, and Duke all the time, right? Um, I, I think that's going to be a recurring trend for us uh, as we not only have our academy guys that we bring up, but I think we will continue to tap into those really successful programs in the Carolinas, which include, you know, Duke had uh, Thor Olfarsson. He was uh, a generation Adidas guy. He went fourth overall. Um, so you've got guys from Duke. UNC is a, is a great program. South Carolina's got a really good program. Even Campbell um, is, is very good. I mean, there, there's just so much talent in the Carolinas. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised to see us take two uh, from some of the local programs. Yeah. So with, with that, with the three picks that we have so far, that puts us 21, I think, on our roster so far. I haven't adjusted my spreadsheet, but I believe that's right. <laughs> How dare you not adjust your spreadsheet? Um, so we still, we still have some room to add some more players. Um, Sean, anything to add from the, the draft or, or any? I mean, uh, yeah, obviously we're happy with it. I think you always have to temper expectations, right, for, for a lot of folks. Like watching this for the first time, like you go into it with that lens of your traditional American sports experience thinking uh, the draft. And I think you want to liken this a little bit more to um, maybe Major League Baseball or the NHL. BA like there there's there's certainly a history yeah. of um, really successful players impactful players that can make an impact year one 
you know, but it's not your, you know, NBA, NFL, where your number one overall pick is, is your guy. Like you're, you're building your franchise around this person. So you, know, you got you to gotta temper those expectations a little bit. Like we feel good about it. He can make an impact. He has all the tools. He's versatile. Obviously, Miguel has a very specific system. So that's a big piece to it. Can you find a player that not only has the talent level to be selected number one overall, but can fit a system? Um, so you know, I, I think that's what we, we've got we've to allow these young players the time to develop and, and fit. So, um, or, you know, as Juan mentioned, like some of these guys can potentially be assets down the line. So you know, it's, it's just a very different way of approaching a draft. Well, and we're also going to have the MLS Next Pro starting, not this season, where we have that team yes. next year. Yes. So there's going to be also, I think, a lot of these guys coming out of the college programs that I wouldn't be shocked to see them end up on some of the MLS Next Pro yep. rosters where you're getting them professional minutes. You're getting them uh, time to further develop, to to see how they fit in your system, in your style. Um, so, so these rosters that right now are, you know, 23 to 30 players no some of these teams are going to be needing to have uh 50 60 deep um and and so i think that's where there's going to continue to be value in the draft is that you're going to have more opportunities to see what you get from these players it's not going to be guys that are selected you know 71st overall and then two years later you, you forget he even existed you're like hey remember when we we took this guy the goalkeeper out of Clemson no he, he, he really could end up having some minutes when you're establishing uh, you know between the first team second team whatever he is yeah fifth or sixth on the depth chart but he's on the depth chart he's still there he's, he's not going to the wayside yeah and MLS next I think that's going to give uh, I think what you're going to see with that is more players when you look back historically that have quote unquote made it out of college that have opportunities because they're going to have opportunities to gain meaningful minutes, you know, versus, you know, the the strict competition you're going to have, you know, for first team right off the bat. And, and you may not find time to develop or play or make a name for yourself. And so I think you'll start seeing you know, in the coming years, that's, that's a really impactful way for a lot of these draft picks to make a name for themselves. Well, and a lot of these guys, they might end up like now going to USL, they, yeah. either on loan uh, or, or if they don't end up coming to terms, they'll end up, they're still USL quality, USL uh, players that, that we'll still see around. All right, Sean, I have some uh, questions from for you in the comments here. Um, <laughs> uh, when are we going to announce uh, Immobile as the first uh, DP here? I wish. <laughs> I don't. I don't see Lazio letting him go anytime soon. He just became... Uh, only the third player over the course of the last six years to score 15 or more goals in a top five league, yeah. joining Lewandowski and Salah. So I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to let him go. Uh, <laughs> you, if if you see those figures that Insigne got, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, oh, yeah. How how excited are you about that? Yeah, it's it's massive for the league. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is a, a really really good thing for our league. You've got a player that's still in that that prime window yeah, yeah. of his career. Uh, you've, you've got a player that certainly could have went to a ton of other clubs, not just in Italy. Uh, you know, his loyalty to Napoli prevented him from wanting to join another Serie A club, but there are teams abroad you know, that were interested in him. And so obviously it shows um, you know, the culture that Toronto has built. You know, kudos to them and, yeah. and obviously you know, the ambition of, of the club and the league to be able to entice a player like that. And, and it goes back to Jovinko's tenure 
there. You know, obviously he's experienced in MLS. These players talk to one another, and I guarantee that the you know, first call Insigne made was to um, Jovinko and his experiences. So for him to speak highly of MLS, you know, and I think the other piece to that was yeah. uh, a lot of the the like backlash was like, what's going to happen with his national team tenure? And you know, I think you look at somebody like Roberto Mancini, who's coached abroad, who's coached in England, and and so he's not so. Um, stuck in the mindset of, of you know, not picking players that have played abroad. El Shirawe was a player that was playing in China. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and he got, right. he got national team call ups. Yeah. You know, and and a player like Insigne is a lot different than a Jovinko who is always yeah. fighting for his place on the national team. Right. A player like Insigne is a star player and cemented in the starting eleven for the national team. Napoli's top most dynamic player. So you know that's a big pool for this league. It'll it'll be a lot of fun. Once again, it changes the perception of the league, right? The league yeah. has had to be fighting this uh, retirement league m- moniker that's been given to them, uh, and, and maybe rightfully so back in the day, but it's really not the case anymore. Get, getting a guy like Insigne in his prime is huge for the profile of the league. I think it's huge also getting uh, Italian fans watching MLS. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a, a significant move for the league. I mean, I think everybody can agree it's a significant move. Um, You want signings like that. Obviously, you don't want them to perform well when when they're here in Charlotte and we're playing them, but you want to see those types of signings succeed because it just opens up the door. And you want to see those players um, succeed for their national teams. I think that's one of the things. Like, obviously, I'm biased, so I want our national team. And I'll be keyed in on how he performs for the national team. But even as a neutral, you want to see a player like that not only get called up, but you want to see him perform really, really well. So it breaks away all of those stereotypes that, well, look, they're over, not only they're over the hill, but you're going to lose your national team call-ups by coming to the league. So you want to see a player like that not only play, but play really, really well. Well, yeah, well and it also elevates the profile of the players that are playing around him, yeah. right? When you see a, a, a Daryl DK who's going toe-to-toe with Insigne on uh, the Golden Boot race, that's going to up the profile of DK. Yep. People are going to be like, oh, wow, he's scoring as many goals as Insigne. He must be pretty good. Yep. Or you're going to see the defender that is man-marking and going 1v1, you know, the next Gianluca Busio going up against uh, Insigne, and they're going to be like, hey, th- th- this guy, why, why is he not coming over uh, and, and joining Juve? Why is he not yeah, joining absolutely. Napoli? Um, and, and I think that's another way that the league can elevate the profile of their players for future sell-on as well. Yep. What feasible, feasible Italian player would you like here at the club? Italian players. Oh, man. Um, well, you know, there's a lot of rumors about Bellotti out there, and, and, and Toronto's been linked to, to him. I mean, he's a physical player. Um, he's got good size, finishing ability, not necessarily like somebody that's going to be quite as dynamic. I don't know. I mean, he's got a decent enough work rate that could fit in. And Miguel's system, he's not he's not exactly like a, a player that um, for Miguel I, I think would be um, versatile enough. Like he's somebody that's only going to play up top, and that's it. You're never going to throw him in at a winger position. So feasible, man. That's you know I'd, I'd go more Sedia in general. Like there's there's some, there's some young players, and then there's some players that you know I think would would be pretty fun. And I think you look at a player like Dries Mertens. You know, and, and, and he's somebody that, um, 
you know, he's he's not up there, up there in age, but he's certainly like kind of his window of prime is closing. But he's a player that's super impa- impactful for Napoli. He's I believe his contract is ending, so he's a player that would probably be on a free. Um, so he's got a big name to him as well. Dorm like, hey, got a list for you. Here you go. There's, um, <laughs> would love to, um, but look, it, and, and, but it's, it's also like, we forget that there's that player wanting to come and, and obviously it's, exactly. you're, it's not you're, always it's who not we just, Hey, we want it, this guy and it's happening. It's it, what offers are yeah. they getting globally? Exactly. Like family situation. We yeah. forget that they're human beings and where do they want to live and, and how far do they want to be from home? Um, yeah. Um, interesting question. Um, we just got from the comments. When when will players get their assigned numbers for their jersey? So you know, obviously, players that are already here. I mean, there's there's always going to be like a pecking, like they, there's there's a dibsies for sure. Nice. So um, I like it. I like it. For, you know, personal for game. Number, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but most of that is 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 going to be kind of once once the roster is completely laid so out. So Sergio you know. gets like first first dibs, right? He was first, right? Wouldn't Sergio? Yeah. He gets first dibs. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll I mean, see. It just depends. Ah, like, you know, you, dibs you works know, in mysterious like, ways. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. Dibs. Um, I'm sure Insigne got, di- you know, he's, he got his dibs on his number. So, um, kind of in that same vein, but a little different. Any updates on getting kits purchased with names and numbers? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't have a date on that. Okay. Um, I know it was. It's. It's supposed to be. Any any day now that we're working on all of that, like through the team store, through Fanatics, to making sure there's enough presses. So, all right. So I, I think uh, Jeff is going to hop on real quick. I think he has a question. So Jeff is. He's got our, a fantastic uh, shirt. Mint on. City Collective <laughs> Treasurer. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Hey. So I got a question for you, Sean. Uh, what kind of designated player are you looking for? Getting, are we going to get kind of like a Toronto FC uh, on a contract type star like in the summertime? Do you think that it'll be someone like that, or it'll be someone more under the radar? Doesn't that player? I'm looking for, or <laughs> that the team, or looking the, for? The, the what, what do you yeah, think? You know, I, I think it's it's always going to be. I think you've seen the moves. It's always going to be savvy. It's always going to be smart. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's going to be the line. Uh, you're going to always. I mean, you want to be in line with with what's worked recently for the league. Players that are young, players that have uphill um, opportunity to resell, make value. Um, you know, you're looking. You, we all see the areas of needs, obviously, in the attack. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be more in that direction versus uh, versus your Zlatans, right? Versus your 35, 36. Um, it's going to, those those players typically require a, a massive fee, you know. And if it's not a massive fee and you're getting them on a free, that you know, we we tend to look at that free, um, but you're paying that in a salary, you know. And so those players those players um, have hurt the league. Like there's been certainly some benefits to bringing some of those guys in from like your marketing and notability and eyeballs, but you know, you're you're not financially like it can hurt so i i don't see that happening but you know who knows well and i wanted to add like also designated players like that's a really broad term and a really broad range yep right a, a lorenzo insigne is going to be uh, a designated player but so is a guy like agati kinda in kansas city like right now if you look at our roster 
Jordi Alcivar is currently listed on our website as being a young designated player. That's one level of designated player that is hitting our cap at 200,000 at his age. Um, Alan Franco right now is on loan, so he's not qualifying as a designated player. But if he goes through for like a $2 million transfer, he most likely is going to be very close to that DP threshold. And, and that DP threshold is like the max salary cap. So like there are designated players where like they'll start out as a designated player, but then you buy that guy down below a designated player hit. So you'll have like on your roster, you could have six to nine guys that all their money and dollars are in the DP range, whether that's a U22 player, whether that's somebody that is in the range that they're being bought down. And then, yeah, you could have a guy that is just like through the roof, like no way is being bought down. There's $20 million on the table to secure him. Um, those guys are in the same pool of being called a designated player, but that that's a really broad term. Typically, when you say designated player, because that's a good point, is people immediately think of your insignias. Like, it's got to be this player, you know, and, and that's – there's so few of those guys. It just – every club is in a different situation, and, and so I, I think, you know, your spectrum for what a DP is is going to be pretty wide. I think we, we've got to look at players that um, obviously fit a system, obviously fit a, a cap, you know, fit the financial flexibility that we have. And, and so, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see players more of that profile of a Joseph Martinez. Right? Yes, he's a star now, and everybody that, that follows the league knows who he is, but that wasn't the case when he's coming out of Torino. Nobody knew who he was, you know, mid-20s, young player, um, and was able to make a, a pretty nice impact. Well, so, so that's the, you know, that's the strategy piece behind this. Do you want to go out and buy a, a Zlatan and spend a ton of money? Or again, buy multiple players, right, to build depth? Um, like like Nashville, um, they haven't really done anything sexy, but they've been solid yeah. with who they've chosen. So I know it's... it's, it's Hani Mukhtar is a designated player and was not touted as this, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's not yeah, a Jovinko, an Insigne, right. a Zlatan. Uh, but the guy's in the MVP conversation, yeah. right? Like, and, and he had not a great first season in Nashville, even though Nashville was very, very good. For A lot of people were looking at Hani Mukhtar and being like, that's not a great DP signing. He needs to do more. And then his second season, yeah. all of a sudden he's MVP. And that's another thing that we were talking about is the team hitting or missing on, on signings. It's a lot of these guys that come in from abroad, they don't it's – it's a really big move for them across – the, the water <laughs> it's a very big move from home uh it's a very challenging league i think a lot of people come in and they don't realize the challenges Travel. of traveling the 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 very uh in climate right we're talking about the the heat in miami but then you've also got to go to fly out to vancouver and deal with the cold yep. of vancouver um and, or the altitude of colorado it, that, that is not easy for athletes um and and so uh you know, there's some of these guys that aren't necessarily going to come out of the gates really, really hot in, in their first season. And it's not because they aren't good or anything. They have a lot that they have to adjust to off the field as well. And so a lot of players that are international that come into the league really hit their stride as they head into their sophomore seasons. Well, look at the track record, too. If, if you look at some of these massive, massive traditional kind of what you think about a DP and, and, and how those clubs tend to perform and, uh, you know, they're not they're not in the mix you know right. look at we're going to continue to crap on in, in, inter miami but like look at 
their 100 DP signings and and yeah. where they were yeah. as a club, you know, and missing on those really, really hurts you in the long term. And it just doesn't doesn't tend to work out. Zlatan was, was able to come in and highlight machines, yeah. put up nice goals, but the Galaxy well, didn't make the playoffs. Steven, or, or Steven Gerrard, so, same, yeah. Same, same. And the ambition of the player, right? Like, for Miami, they brought in Higuain, and he's joking about he thought he was going to come down the oh, last God, and just yeah, smoke yeah. cigarettes yep. on the field. Like, yep. you know, there's going to be guys that, and I think Zoran has talked about this, is the DPs we bring in are going to be guys that are hungry and that are not in the twilight. They, they are going yeah. to be able to give 100% in their prime level because they want that move abroad and 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 you know they've they're they haven't accomplished anything so it's everything out there for them to accomplish because that that's the profile of player and and look is it cool for five minutes when you sign an Iguain that has a name and you can throw out some of those highlights like yeah. sure it's cool for five minutes but then you better get out there Jer- on the jersey pitch. sales go up a little bit yeah, a little bit right yeah. but again what we're what we've we've been pretty um, bullish on is that we want to be a competitive team you know, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses, right? right? And so uh, I'd, I'd much rather have a team that doesn't have necessarily like a, a household name, but we're winning. Yeah, and they'll be household trophy. names to you, to, to us, well, you know, once, ab- once, once we get out there and play yeah. on the pitch. Yeah, that's the joy about MLS is like we're going to have a 16-year-old kid from Charlotte that gets signed, and you're going to be like, yeah. I love this kid. Yeah. He's, he's ours. But also, whoa, we're signing Jan Sobaczynski a guy I couldn't even say his name and I've never watched him in the second <laughs> Polish division, I'm pumped. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that yeah. that's the whole, like, charm of MLS. Well, it's, it's, well, even like a, like Riley. Like, you know, if he played for our team. I, I've never heard of Riley was, before. Right? Yeah. But now we're, you know, about to, you know, maybe selling him on for a, a boatload of money. And you're emotionally invested. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would much rather have that than uh, a, a big name, you know, come through, plays a year, they're done. I, I, I don't want that. Yeah, unless to, it's to be honest. Mobile, then you know, <laughs> hit, the, hit the road. Um, all right, I, that's really only the questions I have. We're we're good in the comments. Um, thank you both for stopping by and coming back again to the show, uh, David Gusler. Uh, we miss you dearly. Hope you're uh, feeling well. I know he was in the comments helping us out with that, and Corey too working behind the scenes miss uh, your mis- mispronunciations uh gustler oh, so how do you uh pronounce uh we should have had him pronounce you know toronto's new signing yeah first and last name oh. <laughs> i'm sure he's listening right now i'm like those bastards <laughs> well, we said it was we were bringing the vp for the president right that's what it oh, was that's right that's yep. right i had to throw it in there right that, that's for you david yeah. um yeah, well, thank you guys so, so much. Uh, again, this was a great night, and, and uh, thank you to Lenny Boy and uh, Brandon Davis, again, one of our members, to uh, host us here. And, uh, yeah, talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Cheers.